Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Gary. And I'm Daniel. Much better. (laughs) Thank you. Tonight we're going to be talking about the 11th step, which is... The 11th step reads, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. What a fantastic step. This is interesting because our our, uh, our collective counselor has been working on this step for quite some time, two or three years now, mm-hmm. and has really had a powerful experience with that. Right. And, and uh, in fact, he decided to revisit this. Yes. Yeah. Yes, after having worked this step. So it's kind mm-hmm. of fun having gone through years of counseling and group sessions with him now and to listen to his experiences as he's kind of walked through this. So the work of this step, the large work of this step, in my mind anyway, is has to have been done some time ago in defining what our higher power would actually look I like. I would agree. So in fact, many of the steps have already worked us toward uh, creating the relationship that now we are trying to enhance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I have long held, long held and have been, uh, been advocating all the way along in these podcasts that running away from the relationship of this higher power that relationship of our youth is probably not the thing that's that we ought to be doing as we as we work through our recovery, and I think this comes full circle when we come back to step eleven and this dealing with this and now trying to establish this relationship first of all and then now it says that through prayer and meditation I'm trying to really strengthen this relationship with my higher power. So you've been through this step. Let's talk about this for just a second. What's it been like for you? Well, I think the most important thing. Wow, that's that, that that's such a good question because it, it is kind of an ongoing thing. This is one of those steps that you, you really don't ever get done. Right, absolutely. You know, this is, you know, uh, prayer and meditation are, are part of my daily routine. Uh, studying what I consider to be sacred texts, another part of my routine. Yes. Being active in my my church and my religion and, and the community, uh, part of, all part of that. And that's very important to me. Um. I was surprised as I was going through recovery, especially in the beginning, because I had to say, why, you know, why am I doing what I do when it came to my religious practices? You know, I, I wanted to understand my whys, but, but I, I, I would think that the number one thing that has changed is uh, once I began to view my religion as a tool to facilitate my spirituality, it became so much more important to me and a much more powerful experience and a, and a much greater motivator in my life. I, I, I think it might be fair to say that, that uh, there was a time in my life when, you know, I, I, I took a lot of shame yes. from, you know, from my religion right. and, and I, and looking back on it, I, I don't think that that was ever, offered on the table. I don't think that that was ever the intent of, of, of what that was trying to do for me, but that is what I took away from it. Right. Absolutely. And that is certainly, Which I suspect that most people probably yeah, do. I, yeah. You know? Because we have this impression then, first of all, is, is that this, this higher being, this, this mm-hmm. person that will identify as God, at least in our circle, mm-hmm. we identify as God as a, is a God of anger and, 
and a god of, uh, you know, look, you did this wrong, and so here come the lightning bolts kind of a thing. And so, mm-hmm. so it's nice to go back in and reframe that. Yes, it is. And understand that differently. So yeah, I can understand how you took that. I actually had a, a sort of an epiphany this morning as I was sort of contemplating all of this. Um, and probably in anticipation of this conversation even tonight, believe it or not. So I, uh, the, thing that, the, the thing that dawned on me this morning, and again, I think is well documented in my, in, in my dialogue on these things. I don't sleep well, so I woke up at very early in the morning. I'm having these thoughts about what is it that's preventing personal revelation in my own life? And we talk about this relationship between a higher power and, and how it is that he influences our life. And I believe that that's fairly well documented in at least what I consider to be a canon of scripture of how, how God interacts with, with his children to some extent. And the thing that dawned on me more than anything is, is that I have uh, 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 so much of my addiction is circles around an encumbered mind. It's this thing that I dwell on things that are undone at work, things that are undone in my relationships, all these sorts of things that that encumbered mind prevents me from being able to simply allow myself to be. And I think that's uh, that was kind of an insightful moment for me. And so I'm really focusing on sort of the meditation side of things mm-hmm. to bring some calm and peace to my mind because I believe it's in that environment that step 11 can really manifest itself in. It's virtually impossible to have some sort of a relationship with a higher power of some type if I can't put myself in a situation where mentally I can experience that. Well, you know, this would, this would be a really good opportunity to kind of revisit the whole surrender idea. Yes. You know, because you are seeking to know for, for knowledge of what God's plan is for you, Absolutely. what your higher power's plan is for you, and then you are seeking the strength to carry that out. Yes. That presupposes a tremendous amount of surrender in taking life on life's terms and taking, you, you know, turning turning the things that you can't control over to over to God. Right. You know, you're you're going all the way back to what is that step? One, step two. Two or three. It's going to be step two or three. Let's see. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And now you, well, and up to this point, you've been, you've been taking that, acting on faith. You've been taking that as a, as a, um, come on, provisional belief. You've been taking that as a provisional belief and, and have been going through these steps acting, you know, and, and acting like that's real, that there's going to be a payoff. Yes. And at this point in your recovery, you should be seeing the fruits of, of a lot of this kind of labor. Your life should look very different. Very, and it is. You and know. It, is. it was just very insightful for me to think about that so much of my addiction focused on the idea that my mind was swirling and out of control and that the reverse of that in is, is that recovery means that I need to get that, I need to manage that in a way. I need to manage the chaos and the stress and the things that are influencing my mind such that not only can I relax and enjoy recovery, but I can also then establish this relationship and, and, and or at least experience the established relationship in a greater depth. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was powerful for so me as I worked through that. As much as we can, let's be a little bit specific what this might look like. Okay. Um, when I pray, I find this an opportunity to express gratitude and we've talked about the extreme importance and benefits of of gratitude feeling and expressing gratitude you know to your your mental health and your emotional health and 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 all that kind of stuff that is that is a big part of when i pray 
or I'm expressing my thoughts and feelings to God, that uh, that that is a big component. I, I, I express right my gratitude for for the blessings in my life. Absolute truth, and I think that's a big deal. It's the expression of that gratitude. I think then that we can see some some realization of where we stand in relation to this higher power. That's powerful stuff. I think the other piece of it for me is it's in the, it's in these moments of prayer and meditation that I contemplate the relationships that are important in my life and recognize my ability, my inability to effectuate them in ways that I would prefer to have them go. And it's a sort of a surrender to say, I'm out of my league here. I need help. I've got, you know, I've got kids that are acting this way. I've got a, you know, I've got this relationship going on with my wife. And it's in those moments of asking then that answers come. Mm -hmm. I get an opportunity to say, okay, this, I'm, I'm, Help me see this differently. What am I seeing that is wrong here? And it's in that moment of humility then that I get a chance to understand me and my relation to the problem. And I think that's very helpful. You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cite a, an example from the New Testament okay. and maybe an archetypal example. Sure. Okay. Uh, if you recall when, uh, as, as, this, as, it, as it's told in the New Testament, when Christ was in the garden... All right, and he was praying to the Father, mm -hmm. and he asked, you know, if there if there, there was a way that that this cup could pass him, you know, right, you know, um, but not his will, but but the Father's will right. be done. What what a what a tremendous example, you know, that you you can express your your fears and and your desires and your hopes and your dreams as a part of your prayer, but then to ultimately surrender that to the will of of god you know not right. not what i will but what thy will and then work toward that i like that and then something that you said about meditation at least for me what meditation looks like is meditation is is the time where i'm going to calm my mind you know you talk about how your mind is a very busy chaotic a, a place. very can be a very busy chaotic place and meditation is that time where i'm going to spiritually prepare myself and calm myself down and put myself in a in in a position so if i can't think of a better word than to uh think deeply ponder and listen right you know all of which is hand in hand with establishing this relationship with exactly yeah i think that's a great thing i had no idea the effect that chaos had in my life i guess i just did not understand that and how how that's been such a big part of my acting out behavior my addictive behavior and what drove so much of that. And so it only makes sense then, as we talk about recovery, that we're looking for tools to quiet the soul, to quiet the mind, uh -huh. to quiet what's going on, in a way then that we can not only experience recovery, but in addition to that, experience it's experience these, uh, these moments where this established relationship can then dwell and, and prosper. So I think that's a big deal. You know, and I don't think, you know, when we talk about chaos in our lives, I, 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 maybe we don't stop and think exactly how that manifests itself entirely. I, I, you know, very, you know, obviously you might have work problems or family problems or things going on, money problems, sure. you know, in the world around you, but how about I, all the above, yeah, all of the above, but you don't, you don't, maybe you don't really stop and think of, of the chaos of, uh, you know, my mind racing, Yes. you know, you, you know, you, everything else might be in really good order in your life, but if your mind is constantly racing or your emotions are all over the place, you know, uh, and I think, I think that, that these tools can actually help go, go pretty far in, in helping you 
get to a better place. I think you're right. Yeah, there's no question about it. An encumbered mind has been a big significant piece of my universe in terms of my addictive behavior. When I start to, when I start to ruminate on something and can't let it go, uh, you know, addiction is a very natural step for me, a natural progression of this, this rumination that I just can't seem to let go. Um, whether it's an emotion, whether it's an emotional response to, a, to some sort of a stimulation of some type, whatever it is, it could be a, it could be an interaction with another person, maybe somebody very close to me where something was said that was hurt or that was said that was mean and, and I interpreted that to be a certain way and I just can't let it go. So a lot of those things have really affected me over the years. So it's nice then to be focusing on the meditation side of things to calm that mind because I think that's the precursor to what we're talking about here in terms of this established relationship with a higher power. How often do you engage in that? Uh, well, I, I'm more and more now. Uh, I have an app on my phone. Interestingly enough, that there's so many so many products out there that I think you can use. Uh, but I'm like you. I have a very distinct routine. I'm just now starting to make meditation a more significant part of that. It's not a tool that I've used much in the past. I mean, quite honestly, I've actually kind of poo-pooed it as though it didn't really didn't really have any relevance. And yet, I stumbled onto this quite some time ago, and realizing that, okay, the more I can spend in myself. You know, the, the meditating principles of, of feeling every every ounce of your body and trying to pay attention to everything that's going on and all of that stuff that allows me then to free my mind of the crazy that's going on. And I'm learning more and more from it and really seeing the practical side of all of that. And I'm thinking that it's going to be uh, more significant moving forward. Mm. I, didn't, I, I didn't realize that's something you had done every single day. Daniel, yeah. is that something you participate in? Yeah, it's something I do every day. Um, you know, for me, um, you know, work was going well. I had all these things that were going well, but internally I was just a mess. Sure. You know, in, you know, ruminating on thoughts. Uh, you know, I could get a look from my ex and it's like, okay, what did I do now? And then I go in this spinning cycle sure. yeah. that just kind of drags me down. Now, um, you know, when I get triggered or I feel like I'm not uh, getting upset or ruminating on s something, I'll, I'll go sit down. Um, a lot of time I'll try to find a, you know, a space where I can sit with my back against the wall. Yeah. Um, I play um, Native American flute music and listen to that as I'm just focusing on my breathing and just kind of calming down and just breath in, breath out until I get to a point where I'm not thinking about those things. And then I can start processing through going, okay, now that, the, you know, now that I'm calmed down, Let's focus on this. What what's caused this? Why am I acting this way or behaving this way? And then I can kind of go back using the whys and and figure out what's going on. And generally, I find that reason is like okay, now I can move forward and I, I have something to deal with. But it definitely is a huge help. That's fantastic. I th I think as you're trying to, you know, our listeners or 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 ourselves as we're trying to find ways to implement this. Yeah. That there are a couple of things within this, how the step is written that can help us. First of all, if you find something that works, use it. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you find something that's working for you, go with it. But I do find it interesting that the step very specifically says thought sought through prayer and meditation. Absolutely. Okay. So those are two specific tools that are mentioned very specifically yeah okay so there's so there's something there that needs to be considered very closely um you'll notice that it didn't say necessarily 
go to church, although I find that very helpful for me. Right, right. Um, or, you know, we also mentioned uh, studying religious texts or, or, or things like that. But I... I so Part I'm of the very, reason why I think I bring this up, too, uh-huh. is, is that you know that my routine considers, it, it contemplates also a, a fairly lengthy period of time of scripture study, uh-huh. and then also some, some period of time of prayer. Right. Um, so the meditation beforehand puts me in a place where when I read those scriptures, when I read those verses, <coughs> that I can, I can absorb the information that is there more mm-hmm. readily, and then I'm much more, I'm much more spiritually oriented towards a, a much more meaningful communication of some type through prayer. I think so too. I think when you get to that point, then the text that you're reading suddenly, at least for me, becomes so much more applicable Absolutely. to me. And I think, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing that I wanted to point out, and I think that this is really, really important, is the conscious. All right, we're improving our <laughs> conscious contact. That presupposes a great deal of uh, deliberate or Absolutely. being very deliberate in what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, that you have it in the forefront of your mind. That what you are doing, you are doing with a very clear purpose. Intentional. A very yeah. intentional. Yeah. And well, those are true. I agree with that. And but, I, I think if you can just add that intentional element to to any kind of prayer or meditation that you're doing, or any kind of any kind of spiritual exercise that you are doing, whatever works for you, if you will do it intentionally mm-hmm. and with purpose, it will dramatically improve your results. I couldn't agree more. Well, yeah, I mean, I was just going to jump in. I mean, how often, you know, in the past have we just prayed because we had to say our prayers, you know, and how much of that was actually intentional. It's just like, all right, it's time to go to bed or, yeah. you know, got to say my prayer in the morning and it's just routine. Hey, you know, watch me as I drive to work and make sure it's a good day. There was no real mm. intention or, uh, I guess, serious desire as far as what we needed or ask for in, right. in that. So. Bless your food fast enough. Yeah. To, to <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bless the food fast enough so we can start yeah. eating because uh-huh. some of the kids around the table are already shoveling food right. in their mouth. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be interesting too. Again, this is where I believe I'm a hundred percent certain that uh, as people have moved through their addictive past, that the faith and religious experience that they had of their youth, that as they reached out at that moment saying, God, I need help, I really need help, and he didn't come rescue them in the form or fashion that they felt like that they, that that's, that's damaged that relationship that's such now, to ask somebody to pray, as step 11 suggests, to pray and meditate is probably the furthest thing from their mind. I just have a hunch that that's probably the way it went because I know that's how it was for me. For sure. Yeah. And so I just believe that my experience wasn't unique. I have a hard time believing that. And so, I, I again, I kind of come back to that. You know, here's a golden opportunity. It would not surprise me at all to find out that many of our addictive behaviors stemmed from this failure to be saved, if you will, from our issues at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big component of our acting out behavior is why did this not happen? And, and so here's a golden opportunity through the steps to reestablish that relationship and to explore what our expectation and all of that was and how far off base we may have been and then to reestablish that relationship in a meaningful way and then build on that. I also want to point out, and you might not think about it this way, but this is a skill. Absolutely. And true. like any other skill, you'll get better at it yeah. the more you practice and yes. do it. Yes. Well, I mean, I found it interesting that you, you mentioned that because I, I do remember constantly praying, just, I'm done with this, take it away. Right. right. 
I, so many times, but as I've looked back, I also see there were those answers. Mm-hmm. There was missed opportunities by me. There were things that were kind of positioned into place, but I didn't take them. Right. It's not like, you know, it came down with a flaming chariot and said, all right, and then yanked it out of me. Yeah. Um, it was definitely not no, uh, you know, Old Testament style stuff, but it was very simple. Someone came into my life and there was an opportunity, but I didn't take it. Or, um, you know, I was confronted by my ex and I didn't invest like I, I did eventually because um, I wasn't ready. Um, but even though I wasn't ready, things were still maneuvered over and over and over until the point I was ready. And then I could finally, you know, get into recovery the way I needed to. Right. I think so often that we have preconceived resentments of how this is going to work. Right? Yeah, you have a, you have an idea of what you think absolutely that this is going to happen. And I think very when I say God save me, I have in my mind what yeah, that what, what that's going to look like. Look like. Yeah. Yeah. And when it doesn't happen that way, then, 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 then you think you've been abandoned and, and you're resented absolute and absolute true. And yeah. even even though the, the door was standing wide open, you just didn't didn't have the eyes to see it yeah. you, you know you know no locust showed up or no uh, yeah you know the, yeah. the water didn't turn to blood for, for or the us. other piece of it is just simply the timing of it yeah. right i mean i may have been seven eight years old when i was thinking to myself i needed to be saved and it translated into being 50 55 years old before i recognized that saving was there but i needed a whole lot of mm. years of experience to recognize yeah. just how serious my problem was yeah i think i think there's some wisdom in that sure you know th- it could be a oh you know you know, God save me from this, take this yeah. away from me. And he'll say, okay, let's do it. That's it's right. it's a minimum five-year process. Let's start right now. <laughs> You're going to have to do this, this, and this. You know, how, uh, how, how, uh, um, how would we value that relationship with this higher power is if every time it was that we reached out, we were saved from whatever it was that we were experiencing. Oh, you'd treat it like you were a phone. You'd treat it like it would, exactly. The instant gratification. There'd be nothing to this relationship. And so so the fact of the matter is, is that that we we simply can't, we simply can't be, every time we dial up, you know, a higher power and say, look, I'm in a bad spot. Come get me out of this bad spot. There'd be no growth in that. There'd be no experience in any of that that would be valuable. We wouldn't value that at all. And so what's happening then is is that I needed to experience this for quite some period of time, and I'm okay with that. And now looking back at it, looking at, at all that had gone through, but I needed, I needed to really experience my own recovery sufficiently to value the relationship that, that exists now. So yeah. I think that's relevant. Any other thoughts? Lots. <laughs> I mean, I'm lots trying to look something up real fast. But we got, we, we've got a minute and a half left to of this episode. Wow. How so does that happen? We gotta right. hurry. I'll just summarize it then. All right. You know, we're taught in Proverbs. We're taught we're taught that that if essentially I'm just gonna paraphrase it because I was gonna look it up and read it, but essentially if you'll do these things, if you'll if you'll put God in your life, if you will if you will seek him in all of your doings, it, it, that all things will work together for your good. Okay. That is something that is absolutely astonished me as I've gone through my recovery process was, you know, there were things I had to learn about myself and maybe this was the only way that I could have learned them. And though I never want to go back to it, I wouldn't give up what I've learned from it for, for anything. Right. You know, and go forward with, with that really. I mean, if you can turn your, your life and your will over to the power of God, and you can seek his will and then carry that out. 
you will be astonished at what he will do with your life. Absolute truth. I think it's interesting as uh, uh, we're studying the Old Testament this year. Um, no, coincidence, no coincidence in that. And yet we're talking about, you know, the readings that we're going through right now have to do with uh, Joseph and his dream, in his technicolor dream coat, if you will, and coat of many colors. And that's so true as to what you're talking about. That is as if, you know, here's an individual who, who, by all appearances, you know, brothers sold him to, <laughs> into slavery, and all the things that happened to him that would appear and to be Potiphar's wife made an accusation exactly. when he went to prison for who knows how long. Exactly, and, and yet th- there's a perfect example of an individual who he just simply put this relationship top priority, and yeah. as a result of that, experienced the blessings associated with that. But he had to go through all he of those did. things to get to where he needed to be, so yes. that he could, was then in a position to do what he did. That's right. And your life is really no different. That's exactly right. It took me it took me fifty years to find recovery. All those nights that I cried myself to sleep saying, Please take this from me and it finally took fifty years to put me in a place where I could at least get the help that I needed and to move forward in that way. So well, and I know it's not in the scriptures, but um there's actually an animated film that they did based on that story. And when he's in in prison they and there is moments they showed where he was weeping, yes. you know, like, and there was other moments you see where he's angry at God. Um, so, uh, you know, that I, I actually like that because in the scripture it doesn't really show that or say that. Yeah. But it, it, it was, was added good. by Donnie Mer- and Donnie Osmond and his. Well, boy. no, no, that, that's something else. <laughs> <laughs> but, his, his, but, uh, it, but it, but, <clears throat> but, it, but it showed his humanity that even you know this amazing person that does these amazing things still had you know moments of weakness. That, uh-huh. you know, and. He, but he and he had to go through those things yes. to finally find his way. And there were tender mercies along the way. Oh yeah, there were, absolutely. you know, and and you know, I think we misunderstand a lot of things. <laughs> you know, I think I think the promise that God gives us is more. I, I'm going to give you the strength to make it through this. Yes. You know, I will. I you, you I'm know. not going to take it away from you. Right. But because we're going I think to think this is for your good. We're going to yeah. overcome this. Yeah, but together yeah. we you can know. overcome this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I, this has been a fantastic discussion. I, uh, I encourage everyone uh, who are working their steps to take full advantage of this, this uh, new discovered relationship with their higher power. And what a golden opportunity it is to strengthen that relationship through the steps to uh, because as the steps have indicated that, that you know very early on, look, I'm, I'm incapable of actually doing this myself. I need some help from an outside source, from a higher power. And as a result of that, I can overcome this. And that's a, that submission is, is fantastic. And then this, this relationship step is just phenomenal. I really, really like this step. Yeah. And I can see how it would be take several years to really kind of really do justice to this step. I think this step is really a lifestyle. I do too. I, I think like the 12th step, This is something that you will be practicing. Like, well, actually, the tenth, the eleventh, and the twelfth step are all things that you will practice for the rest. Practice for the rest of your life. I think you're right. With that, this is Mike saying, "Find the peace the recovery will bring." Daniel said it for me. (laughs) This is this is Gary (laughs) saying, "Do the next right thing." And this is Daniel saying, "Find the humility in your recovery." Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, 
or concerns or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12th Step Podcast at gmail.com. That is 12th Step Podcast at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.